Welcome to the Crosstower Morning Market Color Call. It's Wednesday, October 20th. I'm Martin Gaspar, research analyst uh, with our trader Chad Steinglass and Catherine Webb, our data scientist. Chad, what are you seeing in the market this morning? Morning, Martin. Uh, let's see, in the macro markets this morning, um, equities have continued a bit of a relief rally that they really started uh, last Wednesday after the release of the, uh, of the Fed minutes from the September meeting. Uh, they're losing a little bit of steam. Uh, today is VIX Futures Expiry Day. Uh, in the last four months, we've seen a bit of a pullback in SPX associated with uh, VIX Futures Expiry. Um, that could be a, a, a result of the fact that a lot of investors uh, use the VIX as, a, uh, as kind of insurance and downside hedge. And as VIX futures expire, they need to roll those out. Um, and those roll trades come with, uh, with some, some kind of market impact to them. Not clear whether we'll see that today, but that's something that I'm watching for. In the crypto space, of course, it is all about the ETF. Um, the uh, the ProShares ETF, ticker BITO, started trading yesterday. Uh, in the last uh, several days, I think the narrative on Wall Street had shifted to be very critical of the ETF, focusing more on its failings and, and its inefficiencies uh, relative to just owning a Bitcoin spot. Uh, and so I think the expectations were actually that this would not be a big uh, draw for for retail investors because of these inefficiencies, and there you know there are just better ways to to own Bitcoin out there. Uh, however, the launch went pretty well. There was a, a lot of demand, uh, a lot of volume, and I think that kind of caught a lot of uh, a lot of Wall Street by surprise. However, it was not possible to take a short position in the in the uh, ETF for retail traders yesterday. Retail traders could only buy the you know they could. They could sell after they bought, but they couldn't take a short. However, this morning, uh, already very quickly, they're listing options on BITO. And so it's possible that yesterday we really only saw one side of the story. We only saw all the people that wanted to get long and the people who wanted to get short didn't really have a way to do that. So I'll, do, I'll be watching. It'll be really interesting to see uh, if there's demand for puts in this. Um, you know, This could be a good product to use as a hedge. Uh, if investors have a lot of long Bitcoin exposure, buying puts in this uh, in this ETF uh, might be a good insurance play for them. So uh, it will be really interesting to see how that dynamic changes once uh, options come out. Of course, on the other side of the coin is options could give long traders uh, easy access to leverage. So could go either way. Back to you. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, some interesting stats um, that I saw. On, on that ETF, its trading volume was just over one billion, um, you know, on its first day, and uh, the, the trading data indicated that this was driven by smaller retail size trading. Um, so it seems to suggest, kind of like you said, you know, there's there's stronger than anticipated demand for this product. And I also saw that at the end of its first day, the ETF's AUM sat at around five hundred seventy one million. Um, so interesting uh, stats there. Also, Invesco has said it has to. It has decided it will not pursue a Bitcoin futures ETF and will focus on blockchain stocks and a spot Bitcoin ETF instead. And as was reported on Monday, Grayscale announced, um, well, there were reports on Monday that Grayscale was going to uh, file to convert its GBTC uh, into a uh, uh, ETF. Um, yesterday, it did announce that. 
Um, and so Grayscale has publicly committed the firm's intent to convert GBDC as well as its other 14 investment products into ETF. So we'll see if this will force the, the SEC's hand to potentially approve a spot-based Bitcoin ETF in the future. On the crypto Twitter front, we're seeing some interesting tweets about DeFi lending protocol MakerDAO, which is behind the DAI stablecoin. Um, the tweets were exploring the possibility of the protocol ensuring collateral from real world assets is always coming from projects that remove their carbon footprint or create renewable energy. Um, we're saying this could make DAI a decentralized, stable and clean currency. So an interesting uh, pitch there. We're also tweets that in the Bitcoin Mining Council's uh, Q3, Q3 2021 briefing, the CEO of Bitcoin Miner Marathon said that several of the largest utilities in North America have teams researching Bitcoin mining and co-location. Um, he also said that he believes that power companies will likely become some of the largest Bitcoin miners or uh, hosters of mining machines over time. And with that, I'll pass it over to Catherine now for more market developments. Thank you, Martin. And sticking with mining at the moment, uh, Riot Blockchain has had an exciting announcement that they've developed a 200 megawatts of immersion cooling technology at its Winestone facility. To the company's knowledge, this is the Bitcoin mining's industry's first industry-scale immersion cool deployment of Bitcoin mining hardware. The company anticipates that this will increase the company's hash rate and product productivity through 2022 without having to rely solely on purchasing additional mining machines. Stronghold Digital Mining has set, set the final price for its initial public offering in the US at $19 per share. Stronghold has raised $127 million via its initial offering of 6.6 .6 million shares. Trading is set to start today on the NASDAQ under the ticker SDIG. OLB Group has announced that DMINT will start, start Bitcoin mining initially with 100 machines. The announcement initially caused OLB share price to increase by more than 10%. DMINT expects to have 1,000 Bitcoin miners in operation in, Pennsylvania, in its Pennsylvania data center by the end of the year, with the company planning to get a total of, uh, of 24,000 mining machines in total. Uh, moving on, we've got um, some news from Silvergate Capital. Their Q3 net earnings have rose from 12% to 23.5 million or 88 cents a share. The average currency deposits grew to 11.2 billion and the bank has attributed most of its growth to its increase in digital assets deposits. This is similar to what was seen at Signature Bank who has added around 100 billion in deposits in the third quarter. And again, um, includes notable contributions for digital asset services. And finally, ending on some funding news, Galaxy Digital has announced its Galaxy Interactive division has raised 325 million in an investment fund. The fund will be dedicated to interactive products that are at the intersection of contents, finance, and technology. Um, Hedge fund Multicoin Capital plans to raise 225 million for a third venture fund aimed at crypto startups. And finally, investment firm Republica has announced a £150 million Series B fundraising that round that was led by Vela Equity Partners. And I'll pass you back over to Martin. Thank you, Catherine. And that will wrap it up for the news this morning. We'll all be keeping an eye out whether uh, Bitcoin reaches its all-time high later today. Thanks for listening in. For more of this content, please follow Crosstower on YouTube and our socials. Thank you.